Good afternoon, everyone. This is Under the Surface, and you're tuned into Valley Free Radio. This is WXOJLP Northampton 103.3 FM. We're not only on the radio, but also live streaming on the internet at valleyfreeradio.org. And I'm Amy Landau. Thanks for joining me today. And today I'm very excited because my good friend Lynn is my guest. We've known each other now for about 15 years. Lynn is my soul twin, and I'll explain why. We met um, in a very random place in someone's home in a small Southern California town. One morning when I actually woke up in a purple sleeping bag, which was my wonderful sleeping bag during that time of adventure in my life, um, on the floor of a living room and heard her strumming her guitar and singing Free to Be You and Me, a song from a movie and record that was kind of the anthem for my childhood. Through Lynn, I found out about a little fringe hippie community in that Southern California town. Eventually, I moved there and lived in a a small cabin with a wood-burning stove. It was a place with a variety of rustic little cabins, earth houses, and so forth, where everyone shared a common kitchen in a common house and took turns cooking meals for the whole community. So once I moved in, I made more surprising discoveries about Lynn. First, I found out that we were both Leos, and then that we had the same birthday. And this in itself was a big deal, because astrology was all the rage in that community. Well, it turned out that we not only grew up in the same cultural era listening to Free to Be You and Me, but we were also born on the same exact day, year, and city. Yes, I said city, because both of us were born in New York. So that's when we discovered we not only had a lot in common, but we were actually soul twins, somehow destined to meet in a small, obscure, new-agey town in Southern California and to become friends and neighbors in an even smaller, even more obscure fringe community in that town. But putting all that aside, let me get back to Lynn and explain a little about who she is. Lynn is an extremely talented and eclectic person. She's an artist, crafter, gardener, and musician with a passion for partner yoga and Thai massage, among many things. And on a personal level, Lynn is also an incredibly playful, creative, and inspiring person to be around with a wild and fun sense of humor. She's the kind of friend that you talk to and come away from with a feeling of renewal and rejuvenation. I've had so many conversations with her where we play off of one another's ideas through our interaction. We put our dreams into words and kind of buoy one another's spirits through our mutual respect and appreciation. For today's interview, I'm going to be focusing on Lynn's work as a performance artist or embodied artist, as she puts it. And if you're wondering why I'm only using her first name and not her last name, it's because of the nature of the art, which, as you'll soon find out, relies on a certain element of mystery or anonymity. She's a little like the graffiti artist Banksy in that way. But before I delve further into that subject and begin this conversation with her, I want to let my listeners out there know that this is another one of those shows where we'll be discussing some adult topics and probably using some language not appropriate for children. So if you have kids around, you might want to relocate them now. Or if you're sensitive to this kind of stuff, you might want to turn to another program. But since this show is called Under the Surface, I do like to do just that, to get under the surface, beneath the facade of everyday life, in order to come away with something meaningful. And to do that, I have to be willing to go outside even my own comfort zone to talk about difficult things. So now that that warning is out of the way, let me explain why I made it. Lynn's performance art involves taking on the physical persona of Cheyenne Happens. Cheyenne Happens is a life-size, living, blow-up, sex or porn doll. Or to be more specific, when Lynn transforms herself into Cheyenne, she puts on a form-fitting bodysuit with a wide-eyed mask designed to resemble a blow-up sex doll, the kind that gets sold in X-rated shops to men. It's an actual mass-produced costume for a woman to wear. So right now, if you're near a computer, I'd suggest you go to CheyenneHappens.com. So that's S-H-Y-A-N-N-E-H-A-P-P-E-N-S, CheyenneHappens.com. And you will get a glimpse of what this looks like and just how strange it is. I promise that you will not see anything pornographic or X-rated in any way, but more along the lines of weird, surreal, and artistic. And I think that's one of the reasons Cheyenne leaves such an impression on the viewer. The first time I saw Cheyenne Happens, I'll admit, I was freaked out. I think a lot of her impact hit me on a very visceral level. It's in the combination of her human body and her very artificial glaze-eyed, 
mask face that is part fake and part real since Lynn's actual mouth, chin, and sometimes her hair are exposed. But I'm still trying to unpack exactly what it is that freaks me out about Cheyenne and makes her so shocking and memorable. And this is, of course, a lot of what we'll be talking about today. I want to mention, too, that in Cheyenne's appearances, both live and in photographs, she's known to be an anti-fracking activist. And perhaps her most iconic image is the one where she's seen holding a sign that reads, fracking is porn, or lying outside on the ground with a sign displayed right across her midsection. I've come to recognize Cheyenne as a kind of iconic, subversive figure, literally, who gets under people's skin. She embodies a wicked activist spirit and a sense of humor through the outrageous irony of her fracking is porn message. But beyond that, she gets us to look at ourselves by confronting us with the contradictions in our own culture and all its complexity and strangeness. Just think about that image for a moment. Here you have a living blow-up porn doll bearing a fracking as porn sign displayed across her groin. You have an image associated with porn itself calling the act of hydraulic fracturing the controversial method of extracting gas that comes with so many hazards to public health and the environment, porn. So without further ado, I want to bring on my guest. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Thank you, Amy. Wow, what an introduction. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> So what gave you the idea to create Cheyenne in the first place? Can you take me through that discovery? How did you even get that costume? Cheyenne was a complete happy accident, as one might say. I went into a thrift store just browsing, and I noticed that this thrift store had a pretty nice selection of, of costumes that were in plastic bags. So I just start looking through, and then I see one, and I can't believe my eyes. I'm like, is that really what I think it is? And I tried it on, um, let's see, I tried it on in the store, and I couldn't come out of the dressing room, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I did take it home, and pretty much immediately was activated to wear it. It actually was Halloween, so I, it was perfect timing to put on a costume, so mm-hmm. I just didn't know this costume would last so many years. <laughs> wow. So it was originally something you bought as a Halloween costume. Yeah, and what's funny is I never buy Halloween costumes. Typically, um, yeah, I'll, and I still celebrate. I still like to um, dress up in lots of different costumes. But uh, this was the first year I actually bought a costume. <laughs> wow, and and you did wear it that uh, to a Halloween yeah. party of some sort, right? Well, that night, I, I know you like to hear it. You want to hear a little bit yeah. about the beginning. Yeah. Is that she, uh, well, I went out um, to Billy O's, which is a dive bar, but it's very well known for Halloween fun. It was pretty early in the evening, and it was karaoke night, so um, what better to do when you're a little weirded out by your own costume <laughs> jump on stage? Mm-hmm. Um, and the song Sexual Healing um, was my song that night, and it was just, uh, you know, I came alive in a whole different way as an artist, mm-hmm. uh, because I was literally embodying a different person. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had never really acted in a way, you know, so I never had this opportunity to really change being of another person. Mm-hmm. So I was a live blow-up doll singing on that stage. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It obviously started started me off in that direction. Didn't you say there was a theme, though, that there was like the, I don't know if you mentioned this, the karaoke theme of was sort of porn in a way? That oh, night? that, well, no, no, that came another, that came quite a ways later. Oh, okay. Um, I don't exactly remember the date, but I should do a little bit more chronology to mm-hmm. keep track and she keeps evolving but what happened was I discovered that there was a karaoke night at a club called Sardo's which was very well known and is was it just closed actually it was in the Burbank area um, and it had a porn star industry night so I thought wow there's going to be a lot of interesting <laughs> people who I could kind of <laughs> see what the reaction was and to be honest I hadn't done anything I don't think publicly since that time so I actually asked friends to come with me and they did we trekked down and um the song that I now sing quite a lot was the song that was kind of a second choice they didn't have my first choice so um I know you're going to play a piece of music later but Mm -hmm. I discovered Frankie Valley was the next song after um, her first karaoke night, and that song just, again, while I was singing, I just came out in a whole different way. I was like, um, I found out that I had a lot of power, you know, singing, and while I was actually singing, I thought, there's a lot more I can do with this, which mm-hmm. is kind of what led me to activism. So mm-hmm. karaoke was a great start. Activism is, you know, on the horizon. 
um, it's just kind of a, an interesting blend yeah. for me. And <laughs> so, I mean, how did you go from feeling like you couldn't even come out of the dressing room in that costume to wearing it that night? Was it uh, just like that sort of you got into that party frame of mind where you're just like, let's just swing it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. I think it just it just kind of dawned on me that it was fun and that in different environments, I certainly feel, um, you know, more free, sometimes less free. Sometimes I don't, you know, I've actually been sort of in retirement a little bit and not really been out much. Sometimes I literally am feeling too shy. So I give her the opportunity and I often talk about her in third person. Um, you I felt give her too shy to be Cheyenne. Yeah, a lot, exactly. <laughs> That and makes- also, she doesn't even she doesn't even usually like to speak. So, to be honest, this is a whole different way to um, share Cheyenne is actually talking about her. Right. Well, since you are not Cheyenne, but you are the creator, it's kind of like you know the like people think that Frankenstein is the monster, but Frankenstein is the creator. Right. Not to say that Cheyenne is a monster, but you know what I mean, like uh, an invention. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, like you, you said that um, it would be hard. To, you felt like embarrassed to even leave the dressing room. You know, a lot of people maybe feel like they would never want to wear that costume. So, I'm just wondering, you know, because of all that it suggests, do you feel as if embodying Cheyenne, which is a living sort of the idea is a living blow up porn doll, could be um, sort of for you a way of reclaiming one's identity as a woman from that form of total and absolute objectification found in pornography? kind of like reclaiming the word bitch in a positive light or participating in what's known as the a slut walk, the feminist protest march that denounces rape culture by, you know, saying don't victim shame and women can dress however they want. Well, yeah, we've gone right to the heart of it all, haven't we, Amy? Just like you do. <laughs> You're such a great interviewer, by the way. I know. I maybe I should have quite... backed up a bit. <laughs> I just want to say it's quite an honor to be interviewed by you because you do think about your topics very deeply. And a lot of what Cheyenne does has been very accidental and very um, spontaneous, and that's been the magic of it. So um, I kind of, um, in regards to, to porn and fracking into porn and all that intense subject, I kind of like to leave a lot of that up to people to explore themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's why she's quite quiet. She's visual. She's... Um, She's uh, she draws your attention, and then sometimes people want to look away. So I can speak to that. You know, I feel like just like with um, anything that really in our culture around the sex industry, we want to we're fascinated and we don't we want to look away. I mean, why does it exist? It's mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty hideous. So so Cheyenne kind of represents that. You know, the sacred and the profane. What are we doing in in our culture around sexuality and around the, the planet? And so, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to take on as a subject. So, yeah, you know, sometimes it's hard to know where to. It's where interesting, to though. There's been a lot in the news lately about um, pornography and how you know young people. That's the first contact they have with you know the images or you know the first time they see a sexual act or anything or learn about it is through pornography and it. It's and yet it's this subject that's taboo, um, you know. And yet it's the the way that kids learn. And I heard that there's even a course called Porn Literacy that uh, is teaching young people wow. how to understand porn so that they don't make the mistake of assuming that real people and you know real sex is going to be like pornography. Right. Well, I think the subject of taboo is is incredible for for students to think about and for for just all of us to think about what what is it not okay to talk about and why, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so you you said that you've had, a, like, gotten a strong reaction from people because of all this. What kind of responses do you get? You know, what, what was the response you got when you first appeared in public as Cheyenne? Um, you know, at first it was just so funny and playful. And, and, and um, to be honest, I've had such an amazing positive reaction that um, although I've had a few people who are kind of afraid or don't really want to look at her, we can talk about that separately. But I want to talk about how people have responded positively. And as an artist, number one, like that's the most fun thing is to feel people's um, excitement and enthusiasm and wanting to collaborate, you know, wanting to photograph me, uh, her, and um, and 
And um, especially when people take her on and really understand the feminist um, aspect of what she's up to and uh, what she's down to. <laughs> like, I wanted to mention also when you say sex doll, I like to think of her as an inflatable doll, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, she's dis- deflated until she's blown up and empowered and, you know, sh- she needs help. She needs collaboration. She mm-hmm. needs partnership. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so much fun when people take an interest and or they just want to find out more um, they want to, you know, sometimes want to photograph, which has been really fun, you know, to be um, in collaboration with someone else. So, um, you know, on the flip side, I'll talk just a little bit. But about I do want to hear more story. about uh, what, yeah. what you're saying about how people get the feminist side of that, of her. Like what what have people said about that? Um yeah, it's funny. I took a friend out to dinner because I kind of wanted to hear her reflection um, about uh, why she's excited. You know, just because we were having this interview, I wanted to hear some feedback from from friends. So she she's uh, one of my favorite. I was going to say superhero, my friend Audra, and she, you know, she might be listening right now too because she, you know, just really is excited about. Um, I, you know what? I can't actually put into words what she said, but she, she, she's, she just thinks that she's badass. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And um, so I know that you said that the fracking is porn image is kind of up for interpretation, but I'm still curious how, you know, that was a topic that you wanted to take on in, in your performance yeah. art. Why was that important to you? Um, I'm trying to remember. Exa- okay. So I guess it was, it seemed like, the topic of fracking was really just starting to be talked about in the public. And then I learned what it was. And then I did the karaoke. Like I said, I we just, I decided mm-hmm. that she needed to do more than just, um, than just perform karaoke. So that, and that she had a lot of power. And so I guess there was a, a ballot, uh, a ballot measure coming up in a close, in a town close by to me, but it wasn't in my town. I went out with the sign and just had a photo taken with a sign just my face, just the photo of, of the sign. And when I put it out there, a lot of people were questioning, well, what is fracking? Well, why porn? You know, and mm-hmm. there were so many question marks that, again, I liked the feeling that it left people to question for themselves. You know, we yeah. can get a lot of information and news out there, but what do you really feel? You know? Yeah, I do think that's why, um, you know, Cheyenne gets so much attention because she does uh, – startle you <laughs> and kind of make you uh, think or feel confused. And um, But um, you, you mentioned that she has this power. I'm just like, where do you mm-hmm. think that power comes from? Or like, or what do you think? Um, do you think it's in a way like the sexiness of, of her? Or the, you know, the way I mean, what is it about her that is powerful in your mind? Well, we all know those two words, sex sells. <laughs> sex does get attention and right. um like i said this this was kind of an accident but the more i discovered that mm-hmm. the more i realized you know that i did my roots as an artist were doing political art that's when i really you know started to feel like i wanted to express myself was about things i cared about so um you know it sort of was like all right no hold barred here this is going to get attention <laughs> right so yeah and it is a really interesting way to call attention to the anti-fracking movement. You know, it's such a different way, you know, to have her right. hold that sign. You know, and in my mind, it, I didn't even get it right away. But then I thought, oh, she's almost like comes from the world of porn. And yet she's redefining what porn is. And that's to me what, what makes that so impressive, that image. Um, and let's see, so you do a, a lot of public performances as Cheyenne at various events. Can you describe some of those performances? Like, I think one was at Anima. Okay, the show is called Anima. Anima. And, and what is Anima? Yeah. Anima is a, is a a show that, this was the very first um, Anima, which became sort of a collective of women, about, about 11 or 12 of us, I think, performed our own individual pieces. And none of us had seen any of each other's pieces before we got together for our first, you know, rehearsal, which was like a couple of days before the real show. And as a person who hasn't performed much in her life, um, it was very challenging for me. And I um, basically chose to do my Frankie Valley piece, um, which I had done a few times spontaneously. Um, which one do I want to describe? I guess I'll describe it at Anima because I spent about 
six weeks, like really diving into singing and dancing in a way that, you know, I took the performance um, as seriously as I would anything, like a job interview, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like, here I go. Wow. I'm gonna, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Uh-huh. So um, the performance was, you know, on a small stage with lighting and sound and a headphone and, you know, co- costuming and choreography. So, um yeah, it's uh, you're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. <laughs> and was what was the was that sort of like the video I saw where there's a, did you have a man come from the audience and sit down in a chair while you dance? Well, I did have a plant. I did have someone in the audience, and um, that as, you know, part of the choreography, I did um, bring him up, and so people in the audience didn't know that he was a plant, of course, and mm-hmm. he he became kind of my he inflated me and then became my dance partner and. Um, all was all was well. We got the whole audience actually into this uh, karaoke at the end. It became a karaoke. <laughs> and when you say he inflated you, can you um, just give us like a visual picture for people who don't can't you know access a computer right now to see what you oh, mean? Oh yeah, sure. So the the costume, you know, a lot of times people don't actually know what I'm dressed up as, and then they finally take a closer look and they see that there's a little inflatable place right by my belly button, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that. You know, I can point to that and people can kind of get it a little bit more. So, you know, in this piece, I sort of deflated on his lap and um, then onto the ground because, you know, it's a a big job to deflate. You have to, like, really take your time sometimes and get all dramatic about it. And so that also keys people into, okay, now she's going to need to be deflated. So you literally go limp like you is as if you're collapsing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I slowed it down in that version, but mm-hmm. I have I have been known to just collapse. It's just a pretty standard routine now. <laughs> and then somebody kind of mimes, like, inflating you through that inner tube or whatever by your navel, right. and then you come right. alive again. Okay. Right. And so um, you mentioned before that some people have had kind of uh, difficult reactions to Cheyenne. Can you describe that, what people, some people who were kind of disturbed by her? Um, you know, it just kind of goes from sometimes people just look away and they're like, whoa. You know, I, I'd have, I've actually been at parties where people are, you know, they, they just literally turn around and walk away or they're like, whoa, why is she wearing that? Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot weirder costumes at parties personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel like because her eyes definitely stare out, mm-hmm. um, you don't know which direction she's looking. Um, people are kind of weirded out by that to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then it also, you know, doesn't look like I'm wearing much at all. So, you know, people are like, whoa, what what just happened, right? You're not used to seeing, we're not used to seeing people in that state of dress. Um, and then I have uh, the bright red hair, which just also confuses people because it's, it's a wig and it's pretty, it's pretty perfect and outrageous. But um, why the negative reactions? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I mean, didn't you say that, like, were there, I mean, is it different between men and women? Have there been women who felt like that I, it was anti-feminist to be dressed like that? Um, I really haven't had people speak to me in that regard. I could understand why they would. Um, people haven't really um, given me a lot of detail as to when the, the, the negative side or, you know, usually they just walk away or they're like, um, I'm not really sure <laughs> what to think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like they're spooked out by it and they just sort of can't handle it and they haven't expressed to you why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, do, I definitely don't go up to children. I try, I try to try and stay away from the children. I've actually had kids who absolutely loved playing with me because they just thought I was a clown. Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I definitely try not to to go near them. Um, you know, I just I do feel like some people it gets under their skin in a way. Maybe it 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 might be triggering. Uh, it might uh, just make them question, and they're just not sure why they haven't thought it through. Right. Maybe because it it's giving them some sort of associations from uh, their own pornographic experiences that they don't feel comfortable with. Oh well, I'll leave that up to people to talk about. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I think this is a good time to take a little musical break. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back soon. Take my eyes off of you 
Billboard bodies. Does anybody really look like that? Someone could be flipping through a magazine, looking at that pretty girl or that buffed out guy, then go gag themselves. We need to love our looks for what they are, other than what people say they need to be. People can have beauty no matter what they look like. Beauty only comes from the, from the heart, soul, and mind. Most magazines emphasize the outside when it's the inside that really matters. And change in society would be most ideal for everyone. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in. If you're just joining us, welcome. This is Under the Surface, and you're listening to WXOJ Northampton on the air at 103.3 FM and live streaming on the internet at valleyfreeradio.org. And I'm Amy Landau. I'm here with my guest, Lynn, who is an embodied artist who transforms herself into Cheyenne Happens, a real-life blow-up uh, doll, I'll put it that way, by wearing a form-fitting flesh-colored bodysuit and mask. As Cheyenne, Cheyenne's bio says, Cheyenne, quote, dances between the sacred and the profane, inviting us to question life as we know it. And we just heard Frankie Valley's song, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, from 1967. That was one of Cheyenne Happen's signature songs. So, Lynn, let's get back to our conversation, shall we? Shall we shall. Great. Okay, so... um. I'm curious, do you have, um, uh, I mean, from a personal level, is there a, a component of, of being Cheyenne that, that you can explain? What kind of gratification does being Cheyenne give you on a personal level, like in terms of like where you are today? Like, because you could have done this when you were, say, in your 20s or something like that. Um, no, I think, you know, it happens when it happens. And a lot of it happens by accident, like I said, very happened, fancy. And her name happens, happened by accident as I was typing her, her trying to create her profile. Um, <clears throat> why now? Um, why me? <laughs> she, I, I guess I feel like Cheyenne kind of chose me in a way. I, um, as an artist, just 
you know, I actually haven't really been that inspired for a long time. Um, and so she, she brought a lot of joy into my life when I just started to play. It's just a very playful costume. Um, I can take her in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And- when I look back also, I'm, I'm happy to see that I've actually, um, you know, had such good memories creating the art you know, and, um, you know, also felt into, like, the issues of the day when I've taken on a particular subject, um, you know, it just felt really good to be able to express myself and also have people pay attention, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I was also thinking that because, you know, we are the same age that, you know, it's it's sort of that it sort of gives you an opportunity to be somebody else as you said and also kind of be on a stage and get a lot of attention in a way that might be not the same if you did it without the costume right right okay well yeah like I said before sex sells and putting on the costume gets more attention and you know I guess you know I kind of hear the underlying question is you know at this stage of life, why take on a, a sexy image? Mm-hmm. And yeah. there probably was, to be very honest, a part of me that was like, hey, I'm still looking good. I still got it, you know. Yeah. And so I kind of went with it, you know, uh-huh. in a way as an ego boost. Yeah. But, you know, now it's about four or five years later. Uh-huh. And I put her on less and less. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to exploring who she is now that mm-hmm. I, t- I took a little bit of a break. Right. I think it's actually since the Women's March last year, I've done a few things. And it's been a lot of fun, but it kind of slowed down in the last um, several months, and then the Facebook profile disappeared. So I did want to say that if people are looking at my website at all, there's only a few pictures. There's a huge body of work, literally, (laughs) um, that I will... Oh, remind us what the website is. Oh, it's CheyenneHappens.com. Just like the words Shy and Anne put together, CheyenneHappens.com. Yeah. Right. And the Facebook page was something that was, you know, my way of kind of documenting along the way. And then it disappeared. So I had to let go, literally, of the the concept I'd created that this was a, a Facebook art, basically, mm-hmm. um, and decide kind of what she's sort of deciding right now, which direction, or I am as well, deciding where to go. What, what to happened with the, the Facebook page again? Oh, we, well, because I'm not you know, considered a real person. My face doesn't exist, doesn't, you know, exist anywhere else other than that page. Because Cheyenne <laughs> Happens was not considered a real person, so Facebook told you right. she right. couldn't exist they, on the page. Right, right. She couldn't be. In, I mean, I can make her an art page and, and be in a different realm. But um, I think the most important thing is to kind of get back to who, um, it, you know, just what, what she wants to say and, and how she wants to expressing. Mm-hmm. And so um, what do you do to feel safe in these situations when you're embodying Cheyenne? Because you're really putting yourself out there as a woman wearing a form-fitting bodysuit in public. And I know you've talked about that a little with me off the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, well, from the very beginning, um, actually, a friend of mine who was out with me on that on that day that we found the costume, he's actually a security guard. So when I put it on in public the first time, I had a security guard with me, and I realized that that's perfect. Like, I shouldn't go out by myself. You know, I shouldn't put myself into a situation that feels vulnerable. Um, So I always have a friend with me, or two or three, and, you know, people are paying paying attention to me as, um, you know, someone they're taking care of, which is actually really fun for both of us. And has that worked out? Have you had any difficulties with, you know, people no. harassing no. you or anything? Okay. Um, yeah. And you created this amazing um, 2016 calendar of, of Cheyenne Happens, a desk calendar with a different image of Cheyenne for each month. What was that like setting up some of those images? Like there's one where Cheyenne is standing in stiletto he- heels on a picnic table in front of the ocean with a microphone in her hand, or the one where she's deflated and a man with a red, white, and blue top hat and motorcycle behind him, I think he's bare-chested, is blowing her up again? Right. He plays the part of Uncle Sam. Uh-huh. Um, it was really fun to put the calendar together because the pictures were already in my computer. I mean, <laughs> this this form of art, you know, mm-hmm. the digital age makes it pretty easy to throw yeah. something together. And I really, um, 
the hardest part was choosing amongst all the pictures. I wanted to have really a diversity that showed um, her from being, you know, a, a beauty queen or a superhero to being, you know, deflated and um, a mess, basically. You know, one of the images, she's on the toilet. <laughs> so <clears throat> the yeah. reality is, the reality of who she is. Yeah, I love that. It was so shocking um, that she's actually sitting on the toilet. Um, and it's the it says the year of the cock. <laughs> um, and, of course, we mean the Chinese New Year symbol. Right. Um but so uh, let's see what else. Um, but I'm curious about actually setting up for those photos, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how you came up with the idea for the photo. Was it just sort of, OK, let me play around? Like, how did you because the, there's just amazing scenery there, like standing on the picnic table in the heels and all that. I mean, did you kind right. of go well, out with a photographer and say, let's look for a cool place to take a photo? So most photos have been just taken by my partner who, you know, just uses an iPhone and he just happens to be a good photographer. (laughs) Um, And some of them I have collaborated with um, professional, one professional photographer who set up all the lights and that's when I really knew I I had something (laughs) artistic to work with because we, um, you know, had so much, so many more images to work with that were perfect, you know. So um, it gave me a chance to have her have a different look. Um, but as far as setting them up, I mean, it's different in every situation. I could flip through my photos and, and you know, say, oh, well, we decided to go to the oil piers one day. and Or, oh, I went to the fair and I decided to ride the bull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I handed my friend the camera, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty easy to, to capture photos in odd places. So it was fairly and spontaneous I- then? Um, you know, she's easy to carry around, so I have brought her different places and then decided to change mm-hmm. into the costume if I see a great backdrop. Um, you know, she, she's easy to carry, like I said, and, and be mm-hmm. pretty inconspicuous, and then I can find myself in, in uh, different locations. You just have to find a good place to change. Like with Superman, it was the phone booth. So. Well, it's actually really awesome to wear underneath. The onesie, the onesie can be a little bit difficult if you're wearing another layer on top, but um, it's great to wear under the clothes, and then, you know, I can transform pretty easily. Or just wear the mask. So about the image with the bare-chested guy who you said is, uh, what did you say he, he represents? Well, his character, his alter ego, one of his alter egos is um, the, Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, right. I, When I met him, he was dressed as Uncle Sam, and I was right. that pretty much. Was that at Burning Man when you met him? No, it was oh, another okay. It was another. Festival. It almost looks like Burning Man. So, uh, yeah, you have this a bare-chested man in this patriotic ha- hat, the Uncle Sam, but kind of a cool take on the Uncle Sam, um, posing as if he's inflating, inflating you as if you're a deflated um, doll. And some might you know, look at that image and say that it puts out the idea that a woman only exists for a man's pleasure, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, it made me think of an X-rated version of the Sleeping Beauty story, you know, that Sleeping Beauty, that tale has been sort of criticized as it's like um, this, that she can only wake up with the, with the kiss of the prince, like only through this romantic action can she come alive. Do you see that parallel? And what were your thoughts in, you know, setting up that image or when you look at it now? I really didn't think about it. I think a lot of uh, that piece, the deflating, came um, unconsciously. Um, when I think about the parallel, um, I, and it's one of those things I also feel like let's let everybody think for themselves how it is. Um, it's different. It's, I don't know. Well, you made an interesting comment to me off the air, maybe you don't remember, oh. just about how... Um, it, that the way he's posed in one of the pictures, like leaning over towards your navel, is kind of suggestive of some kind of sex act, you know, in a oh, sense, yeah. like to pleasure the woman rather than to pleasure the man, which is sort of a twist. That's true. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, part of the brilliance of Cheyenne in my mind is the way you embody this this blow up do you call, I forget what you said, just a blow-up doll, or do you say a sex doll? <laughs> I like to say inflatable. Inflatable, inflatable. doll, okay. Sometimes I, say, sometimes I just say a deflatable doll. Okay, so you don't say, you just say an inflatable doll. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
the way you embody the, this inflatable doll, Cheyenne, but you take her out of context like we were talking about. So she's walking on a beach in that classic shot with the windswept hair or she's blowing bubbles or smiling among plastic toys or doing something educational like promoting renewable energy in the form of solar panels or she's sitting in a yoga pose under a Sanskrit OM symbol. What gave you the idea to put her in these unusual contexts? I know you said leave it up to the interpretation, but we are having an interview, so I have to press you a little bit. (laughs) Of course. course. Um, Well, each one is very different, you know. um, I mean, did you want to take her and put her in an unusual context? Okay, so the very first time I was out at a festival wearing her was there were all these incredible backdrops everywhere, you know, from the... You know, like you you mentioned, the the chakras. Like I'm meditating, um, or I'm sitting in a in a half moon, and I just realized how fun it was to be, you know, interacting with the environment. So, really, all I have to do is put the costume on, and I'll find something to do. It's it's just it brings the surroundings to life in a different way. Some of them were set up like, oh, I definitely want to do a series in front of a camper trailer. Oh, yeah, I want to do, um, oh, there's a huge array of solar panels. Let's go take photographs there. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it really depends. It was depending on the moment and the photographer and where I was. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like what I'm, what I'm saying is you could have had some, you know, somebody just like, I don't know, uh, uh, you could have posed her in front of an X-rated video store or something like that, or had somebody coming at it, you know, a man fondling her. And obviously that's not re- really what you're going for there. You're, you're putting her in these different places. Um, but she also, um, yeah, as we mentioned, she appears collapsed on the ground outside a trailer and sitting on a toilet. Um, and e- even a little more shockingly, riding the mechanical bull and hugging a giant blow-up Santa with her head in a very suggestive place. And that one kind of stunned me, and that was in the calendar. What what drew you to create those images? The well, blow-up, blow-up Santa. Party. I was at a party. It was the first time I had been out, I think, at a party. Uh, there was... Um, there was a Christmas, it was Christmas, and there was Santa deflated in the corner, so I just wanted to give him a hug, that's mm-hmm. all. <laughs> okay, a hug a little bit low. Okay, so... Um, You've told me that you don't want to criticize porn it's porn itself with Cheyenne. Why do you steer away from that? Um, well, I think that's it's a it's a topic that people do need to think about and you know it's not really my job to tell people how to think about it. So again, it's just kind of raising the topic. Um, and this is one of those things that I I'd rather not necessarily address because like I said, I I want people's to be honest, everyone has a right to either want to support porn, like mm-hmm. porn, whatever. Right. But I just want it to be, um, you know, really thought through or felt through by people. And I think just bringing up the idea or the question is good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so back to the concept of being a woman doll. I was thinking about it a lot and um, thinking about how As girls, you know, girls often grow up playing with dolls, and then there are Barbie dolls, adult women dolls of kind of preposterous proportions meant to be more like projected self-images for girls, but very stereotype, uh, which is why they're so controversial. And so many people think of them as harmful, the Barbie doll, that is. Then there's that old-fashioned phrase, you're such a doll, directed at girls and women, and this is meant as a compliment. What was your own, I'm just curious, what was your own relationship to dolls growing up? And do you think that embodying Cheyenne is a way of taking these doll-like associations to their extreme conclusions, sort of a subversive way of challenging people's assumptions about the doll-girl, doll-woman image? Right. Well, I've taken an object, or Cheyenne is, you know, thought of, you know, sorry, an inflatable doll is thought of as an object. And what she does is she brings it to life. You know, she she's literally has life breathed into her to become her own living, breathing kind of person with um, one that wants to express herself. So it's like she she has um, the ability to to walk, she could talk, she could sing, she can dance, and, and a doll just has to kind of wait to be sort of manipulated by another person or interacted with. Um, the truth is I love to interact with mm-hmm. people um, and with 
uh, with dolls. I mean, I think that's what people usually girls, I guess, per, per se, um, are, are taught, you know, this, we can interact with our dolls and we can be playful and they can come alive in a way we're, we're seeking friendship and interactivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's true. Um, Cheyenne happens. It, she, uh, it, that's a big part of what, uh, she's all about is being collaborative. That's a good point. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it, the other thing it, it made makes me think about, you know, looking at Cheyenne, that she sort of makes me think of the, the Madonna horror complex, um, but she seems to kind of blend those paradigms into something completely different. Do you, do you know what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an interesting time to be alive as a woman, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, and I feel like... Um, Cheyenne wants to kind of be part of the movement that helps in, in, in some way open more conversation around uh, roles of women and women's uh, ability to speak for themselves. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I do think that it does get people to part of the effect is like that they see Cheyenne and sort of think of her as, wait a minute, that looks like something sort of pornographic, but it's not pornographic. It's not, it's in a different context completely. So again, like to me, I think that is part of what, what, um, um, why she has an impact on people to some degree, besides that she just looks strange. (laughs) Yeah. She's half, she's half sort of, um, real and half unreal. I think that's a big part. of The climate of, of what's going on today, it's like hard to know what's real, what's unreal, or to believe what's going on is real. So, you know, I think that the more outlandish art is bound to, you know, be the most impactful and expressive. And, you know, I'm, I'm drawn to that mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. When you said it's hard to know what's real and what's unreal, I'm curious what you meant. What, what were you thinking about? Well, you know, just a fine line between news, fake news, reality TV, you know, can't believe what I see, what I see, you know, that's literally what I say when I'm, when I see a lot of media, can't believe what I'm seeing. I'm shocked. You know, it's very uh-huh. shocking Okay. Because when you say fake news, you, you have to be careful because you know that phrase has been co-opted by Trump to uh, put down really well-sourced you know, journalism and to say, well, it's fake right. news, right. which was the exact attack against uh, what he was doing and what Fox and so forth and the Russians were putting out there was that that was fake right. news. And so he's now called, turned it around and tried to say that that actual accurate journalism is fake news. So um, right. so that people start questioning everything, um, which makes it easier for him to kind of you know, be supported in having his supporters. So that's kind of the danger with that. Right. But anyway, not to, to go off too far on that tangent, I just, I'm curious, what's next for Cheyenne Happens? Um, is there going to be another Cheyenne happening soon? Or can you give us a sneak preview of what's to come? I'll just say two words, shy-fi. Shy-fi. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to collaborate with some artists and, and and basically anyone who's interested in exploring the world of science fiction mm-hmm. on and and see what comes next. I'm not sure exactly, but it's just being talked about now, so it's very exciting. Yeah, well, especially because she does have that sort of superhero kind of celebrity look to her. Like and like you were talking about, I could see her engaging in that kind of different world, and she has that look that's sort of part automaton in a way, which is makes me think of science fiction exactly yeah can't believe i didn't think of it till now (laughs) (laughs) and um so how can people stay informed on cheyenne happenings as they're called uh i guess we did mention the website cheyennehappens.com can people still order that desk calendar (laughs) um i'm done with that desk calendar just uh leave me a message i do have a place for you to you know um, interact with me here on the web, so we'll just go from there. Oh yeah, so you can actually send a message to Cheyenne Happens on the website. Um, right. And we've just about reached the end of our time on the air. You've been listening to Under the Surface on Valley Free Radio. I'm Amy Landa, and I've been talking to the embodied artist Lynn, the creator of Cheyenne Happens. Lynn, thanks so much for being a guest on today's show. Thank you so much, Amy. 
And thanks for listening, everybody. Please tune in again next week, Sunday, 12 to 1 p.m. And we're going to close out the show with another of Cheyenne's signature songs. Here's the song Creep by Radiohead. And have a great week, everybody. I'm a